gang, welcome to the Kakitogi Fightcast. This broadcast is powered by the rather marvellous Kakitogi Fight Forum, which you can locate at kakitogi.proboards.com. My name's Darren Falco, I'm also available on the boards. You can find me on there as the mage. And today I think we're going to take a bit of a detailed look, or well, whether it's detailed enough is up to for you to decide, at the upcoming Glory 33, which, as I do this right now, is exactly one week away. Uh, but before we go any further, I'd just like to, just to uh, mention, if I could, a fight I recently found whilst mooching around on the internet. And it's a fight which is taken from the Legend of MI, I think it's how you pronounce it, promotion in China, where you can find a whole host of promotions currently going down at the moment. And this one, like I said, from Legend of MI, and it's from a fight between the Clan Prince of Muay Thai, Ikwizan Kor Rongthanakiet, as he takes on Magomed Magomedov. The fight itself is listed on YouTube as simply Ikwizang versus Magomedov. Ikwizang, if you're just going to check it out, you need the spelling. It's I-Q-U-E-Z-A-N-G. Uh, I won't spoil it for you, but the video itself is taken from the perspective of Magomedov's corner. It's only about a minute and a half long, and the end is a bit of a surprise. But like I said, check it out if you can. Thank you for indulging me on that one. But now let's go into what I said we were going to take a look at, and that's Glory 33 New Jersey, which goes down at the... Sun National Bank Centre in Trenton, or as we say in England, Trenton. And first of all, that Glory seemed to have uh, managed to procure something of a sponsor in this one in Parks Casino. I can't tell you a great deal about them. I'm not a gambler in the slightest. Apart from with them being casino, they'd like to take your money. And also that uh, Frankie Edgar is uh, also involved in some of the promotional duties for this one. So something of a boon for them. But the main event, of, of course, was, if you know this already, uh, is Rico Verhoeven defending his heavyweight championship, his glory heavyweight championship, against Anderson Braddock Silver. And uh, I think you could subtitle this event Glory 33 Banana Skin, because knowing how close it is towards December the 10th and Glory Collision, Rico versus Badahari, it's a bit of a surprising choice, really. It's a bit close to the event, and who knows what may happen. Rico has slipped up before. He has reasons for his slip up, of course, against Andre Harasimchuk back in Kunlun in January 2015. But could it happen again? And also the co-main is uh, middleweight championship, which is actually, a, I think, is going down in the Super Fight Series, which is uh, f available on Fight Pass for UFC. And that's Simon Marcus defending his crown against Jason. Is it Tyson? Is it Psycho Wilness? I'm not quite sure what his nickname is nowadays. But we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. And it's Francois Rambang versus Daniel Morales, I think, will be opening the show up. And this is a rematch from a little while ago, which uh, Armbang won by decision. Uh, Danny Morales is 0-2 currently in glory. Picked up losses to Armbang and Casey Green, which I thought he was a bit unlucky to lose that one. I thought it could have gone either way. Uh, Danny, his boxing isn't too bad, I've got to say. I think he's impressive there. But in these contests that I've seen in glory of, of Mr. Morales, I've got to say that I think... I think lightweight might be a bit more suited for him, but that's not for me to say, really. Uh, Umbang is 4-4 four and four in glory. Uh, actually had a nine-fight run as a pro boxer. I think that was over between 2008 and 2010. Didn't go too well, I've got to say. He lost seven of those nine. But he has got a big name of note on his ledger. He was blasted out in two rounds by none other than Sergei Kovalev, who uh, is going up against Andre Ward in November. That fight has finally been confirmed and officially nailed down. 
And Francois, he's, he's been in with some big names. I think he's more famous for his losses than his wins, to be honest. And he didn't perform too badly in his loss against Joe Valtellini back at Glory 9. That was in 2013, three years already. That's unbelievable thinking about that. I remember that quite clearly. Um, got to the tournament final back at Glory 30, Los Angeles. Thought he was very hard done by to pick up a loss to Richard Abraham. And But I think he's more famous, his most famous outing, of course. I think he'll be on highlight reels forevermore. That spectacular KO loss to Raymond Daniels a couple of years back. Uh, so, yeah, that's the first fight. This is not a tournament fight in any st- um, stretch way or form. This is just a simple one-off fight. And like I said, Armbang won the last time out. Can he do it again? I'm gonna s- My prediction, I'm going to say yes. Francois does seem to have a bit of a problem last on the course doing three threes. But I think he's going to have enough to uh, win over the judges this time. I think it will go the distance once again. Danny seems to know enough to nav- navigate his way through the, the course without getting finished off. So that's the first fight of the night. Then it's the, uh, I think we're on to the Women's Super Bantamweight Tournament. Zoila Frausto, Princess, her nickname is, makes her glory debut against Daniela Graf, another glory debutant. Daniela is, I think she's from Germany, and she also was a pro boxer. I think she went 4-6-1 as a pro. And uh, her most famous performance was a losing decision to Susie Knittekian, I think that's how you pronounce her name, who was something of a force in German women's boxing a decade or so ago. That's the second fight there. I'm not going to lie, I don't know a great deal about Miss Frausto, but I'm going to say Daniela Graf will get the decision victory here. Oh, and also, before we go any further, I just remember this will be the first event, Glory, with the new gloves. They've ditched away with the Hayabusa pillows, or marshmallows, however you want to look at them, and they've got a new set, and if you've read the article on liver kick. But, um, yeah, new gloves for Glory for this particular event, so hopefully we're going to see a few more... No, I sound a bit bloodthirsty there. We're going to see a few more finishes and KOs. Anyway, a bit more to and fro action with some more danger, I think would be the word we're, I'm scrabbling for, involved. So that's, yeah, that's two fights down. Then we're going to have a look at Chai Lewis Parry, Chopper, versus Anthony McDonald, who's stepping in for Xavier Vigny, which I know is a highly anticipated rematch, which fell by the wayside. No reason really given for uh, the absence of Xavier. It's got to be injury or money related, hasn't it, really? Um, first time out, well, I don't know why I'm concentrating so much for on a fight which isn't going to ha- going to happen. Let's concentrate on the fight that will. Chai Lewis Parry versus Anthony McDonald. Anthony's been trying to get into glory for a little while, a couple of years at least. Former MMA alum. Uh, I quickly checked out his MMA record before I started recording. and He picked up a loss to Tony Lopez, MMA veteran who long-time glory fans will remember actually took part in one of those... MMA fights that Glory used to have in their early days. Uh, I think Tony Lopez lost out to Ilya Latifi, who's now in the UFC, of course. Back at Glory 1, I think it was, back when they were going by the name of United Glory. Uh, Anthony has the nickname of The Joker, which I hope doesn't turn out too bad for him should he lose this one. He's unbeaten in kickboxing. He's either 5-0 or 7-0, depending on which source you go by. And Chai, his only loss in Glory, of course, was to Vigny. In that, uh, at the final of a tournament a year or so back, uh, Chai definitely seemed to be suffering from fatigue a bit. Two fights in one night wasn't for him, and I don't think it's unfair to say that his verbal skills are just as good as his fighting abilities. He really does seem to uh, attract attention, even if his last post-fight interview with Todd Grisham after his victory over the pirate Morris Green was something of a potty mouth event. Um, it's difficult to say who's going to win this one. Um, I'm going to stick my neck out and go with what I know and say Chai Lewis Parry's going to win this one. 
if it'll be done by decision or not, I'm not quite sure. Anthony McDonald could very well be a bit of a surprise package. So who knows what's going to happen there, really. But like I said, I'm going to go with Jai Lewis Parry. I'm going to stay safe and save by decision. And where are we where are we going now after that one? So we've got we've had, we've seen Frosto versus Graf and Bang versus Morales, Choi Lewis Parry versus Anthony McDonald, and then we're moving on to I think we'll go, we'll have a look at the featherweight contender tournament. I think it's a contender tournament. Chi Bin Lim's back out, hoping to make it third time lucky in the Glory Ring. He's 0 and 2. Both of his losses coming off body shot finishes against uh, I think the first one was against Utah Kubo. That was in the featherweight Grand Slam. First in the quarterfinals, and then last time out he uh, was almost brushed aside. I think I could be so bold in calling it against Mosai Bamrani, but he's getting another chance right now, and he's taken on Matt Embry, uh, Canadian Muay Thai exponent, goes by the nickname of Mattix. If you if you're a fan of Lion Fight, you've seen him compete on there a few times. I remember seeing him up against Coke Chanawat, and he's also picked up a loss last year against Pitbunchu FA Group, another Muay Thai specialist. And not too long ago, he picked up a loss in the notorious Thai fight promotion against none other than Sanchai. Who are we going to go for in that one? Um, well, the form line suggests, really, I should think you should say that Matt Embry will get the victory. Whether he'll translate to kickboxing as well as he has done from Muay Thai is another matter. Uh, Artem Levin has shown that it can't be done that particularly well, especially when it comes to being an edifying spectacle worth watching. But I'm, I'm pretty confident that Matt can do it. Chai Bin Lim has been around for a long while, a Korean kickboxing standout. I think the first time I saw him compete was way back when he fought Masato in a World Max opening round contest. I think if before that one started, Chai Bin Lim sported a rather funky headdress before that one got underway. And then, so the winner of that one will be facing what I think will be the fight of the night, and that will be Sergei Adamchuk versus Giga Chikadze. Sergei's having his first fight since uh, losing the featherweight championship to Gabriel Varga. So it goes 5-1 and one in glory. Um, Sambo exponent as well as being a Muay Thai fighter. Um, hopefully, I'm up for, from, from his point of view, I would imagine that he doesn't want Stefano Valenti to be refereeing him because Stefano really seems to be on the case. But saying that, clinches and headbutts seem to be something which are creeping into the fights of Sergei. And also, you've got to mention that his post-fight interviews, even though, of course, English isn't his first language, but they're worth a chuckle sometimes. He gets mixed metaphors and things like that. So it's, they're something always worth a listen. But Giga, on the other flip side of the coin, Giga Chikadze, 3-1. and one, Coming off an impressive victory over Chris Mocheri. Smashed him away. Also has got some impressive victories over Ken Tran. It was his glory debut. And a great fight. One of my favourite fights glory this year was against Kevin Van Nostrand. Kevin was... Sucking in air at the end of that one, but just would not give up in the slightest. Hopefully we'll be seeing him in glory pretty soon again. And his only loss was to Anvar Boy Nazarov. And that, that was also a bit of a scrap, worth worth a watch if you haven't seen it already. And uh, the interesting thing about Giga is that, um, from what I gather, is that his trainer, Rafael Cordero, the esteemed Rafael Cordero of Shootbox Days, basically had to beg to get him into glory. <coughs> and he's definitely been seen to be worth the investment, um, from what I remember. Giga um, gets a was paid. I think it was something like five hundred dollars, which is a criminal amount, really. When you look, especially for someone of his talents, picking a winner in there. I think you're going to have to go with what you know and go with uh, Sergei Damchuk to win it. I would not be surprised if Giga um, pulled off the upset, if you could call it an upset, because he, he's talented enough not to call it an upset. If I'm being honest, 
and it is a I think it's a 55-45 fight rather than a 50-50 in favour of Serhai. And then I think as long as it doesn't take too much out of the winner, then I think you could say that Sergei, Sergei or Giga would be the winner of the tournament. But whether they would get a championship match with Gabriel Varga is another thing when you look at what's going on with Ishmael Lont and his um, aborted, I think you could say, title fight with Rico Verhoeven. And then we're moving on to Hezdi Gergish and Gito Innocent. Interesting fight, that one. A few people I've learned to look around are picking Guto to win that one. He's 2-0 in glory. Coming off a points victory over Brian Dowers, in which, I don't know if you noticed that one, but the fight, the punch stats for that were absolutely wrong, I think is the best way of calling it. I think they said that something like Brian Dowers didn't land one kick or threw like three, but I think he threw like three in the first minute and a half of that fight, so I don't know what was going on there with those notoriously patchy glory stats. His other fight, of course, was that spectacular KO victory over DeMario Dennis. He's a two-weight WGP, which is the champion, uh, promotion in Brazil. He's light heavy. I think he's middleweight and 206-pound-plus champion there. Um, and all, all I was going to say that WGP have got a Road to Glory event coming up pretty soon. Michael Yerk is involved in that one. I'm not quite sure what's going on, whether, whether it will lead into a Glory event in Brazil in 2017, which has been on the rumoured on the back burner for a, a little while now. Uh, another thing about Guto is that he does seem to flick between light heavyweight and heavyweight a lot, but I think heavyweight is where he belongs now. He does seem rather solid in his two fights of sin in glory at heavyweight division. Hejdi, something of a up-and-down character, mercurial, I think is the word I'm looking for. He's 2-3 and three in glory. Um, he, his last performance was that loss to uh, Ishmael Lont in the heavyweight contender tournament. Disputed loss and Glory 31. Um, I scored that one 28-26. I think both men, if I remember rightly, had a point taken off. I scored it to Hedgedy. Definitely thought he won that one. And the other thing about Hedgedy was that I was of the opinion that he signed for Orsat Zovko's final fight championship almost to spite Glory because I think he was going to be down for taking part in a Glory event a little while ago, but then Glory changed their mind, so then Hedgedy signed a multi-fight deal with final fight championship. But they obviously got their issue sorted out, and he's back on the glory trail. Uh, I think I'm going to pick out Hedgedy for that one, I think, uh, by decision. He has that zombie-ish style of just co- constantly coming forward. Doesn't, he's done hard to put onto the back foot. Guto could whip out something karate-ish and surprise us all, but I don't think he will. I'm going for Hedgedy to win that one by decision. I'm picking out a lot of decisions here tonight, aren't I? Then the middleweight championship, like I said, um, it's on the Super Fight series. It's obviously to get the um, Fight Pass subscribers to watch that. This is a rematch from nearly 18 months ago at Glory 20 in Dubai. Uh, Simon Marcus got the decision. I scored that one 29-28 to Simon. Uh, Simon's on a five-fight unbeaten run, including one draw, since he lost his debut back at the last man standing pay-per-view, that spectacular KO against Joe Schilling. Both men have fought, um, fought Joe Schilling numerous times. I think Jason's fought him twice and Simon Marcus has fought him three times. Like I said, he's the middleweight champion, Simon Marcus. Um, two years unbeaten in glory, I think it is now, at least. But saying that, he hasn't, be honest, he hasn't quite gotten used to um, glory kickboxing rules, has he? The Muay Thai style is hard to beat out of him, as it were, and he's very clinch-happy. I, I don't want to see him and Artem Levin fight under kickboxing rules again. I think it's fair to say those fights were horrible. Uh, his footwork is not quite right. Something's not quite there when it comes to Simon's footwork. But I don't want to sound as if I'm 
shitting on him too much because ne- I'd never get in the, the ring and fight. I know that much. And so Jason Wilness, he's 5-4 and four in glory. And Patchy Competitor, he's yet to be able to string three wins together. He's currently on a two-win win streak. So if you're going by the form guide, I think you could say Simon's going to win it. But, of course, form guides aren't worth anything once the bell rings. Uh, so far in glory, his debut victory was on that ill-fated Glory 4 pay-per-view against Toshio Matsumoto. And it's I think it's one win, two losses, two wins, two losses, two wins. So like I said, the form book suggests he's going to pick up a loss. But it's got to be said that with the exception of the Matsumoto win, he's, something, he's faced something of a veritable Glory murderer's row in his career. He's fought Joe Schilling twice, Philip Verlinden, Simon Marcus, of course, Alex Pereira, Wayne Barrett, Sahak Parparian, and Artem Levin. That was also at the... Um, Glory pay-per-view, and the thing about Jason is he's a bit of an ironing board. Ironing board, get that right. Straight up and down, doesn't move his head too much, but he's again he's very hard to put off. His boxing isn't too bad. I, I do like his bo- his boxing and combinations. Over five rounds of, uh, as opposed to three rounds, it could be interesting. Could Jason pull it off out of the bag? I would not be surprised if he puts it together like he can do. I wouldn't be surprised in pulling it off. Those two extra rounds could be the difference maker. Um, I'm not again. I, I, I'm not going to put my hand on my heart. I'm at a confident prediction, but I'm going to say Simon Marcus via disputed majority decision. I think is what I'm going to go for there. And then that brings us to the main event of the evening: Rico Verhoeven versus Anderson Braddock Silva. And for all you superstitious people out there, like we said, we were talking about the fact that it's. A bit close to the bone in terms of the Rico Verhoeven Badahari match. And guess what? It's Rico's 13th fighting glory, this will be. So who knows? It could be unlucky for one of them. But on the flip side of the coin, it's also the 13th fighting glory for Braddock. So it could be unlucky for him as well. Braddock is six wins and I think it's six losses. But when you take into consideration that he's lost to Jamel Ben Sadiq in Vegas and Jamel um, fouled up drug test in that one. I don't think it's been reverted back to a no contest yet, but it definitely should do if he failed that uh, that drug test. So it's those either six wins, six losses, or six wins, five losses, and one no contest for Braddock. And again, he's something of a patchy operator. His form line is loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win. You can follow me on that one. But you look down and that is, you, once you have a pick out of his record... And some of the guys that he's defeated and some of the guys that he's lost to, his wins are over Igor Yurkovich, Daniel Sam, that disputed victory over Remy Bonjeski in Remy's supposed retirement fight. He hasn't fought since, but he's made some rumblings that he will be coming out of retirement, if the money's right. Six figures, probably. Sergei Karatonov, which was a great win. He did a number on Sergei. Maurice Green, who... Being honest, I don't think he should be set foot in the glory ring ever again. And the victory over Gordon Haupt, which was something of a facile one. Gordon just couldn't take the body shots. And his losses are against the big names. It's got to be said, Ishmael Lont, Jamel Ben-Sadiq, which I said should be reversed. Errol Zimmerman, that highly dubious loss to Daniel Gita back when, uh, I think it was the... might have been the debut Spike show, but I might be wrong on that. But if you haven't checked that out on YouTube, definitely do so. There's something wrong there. Also, the fact that there wasn't a replay shown, I think, is, is a sign of something. Gokan Saki at Glory 4, and then at Glory 2 at Remy and 
Remy's debut for Glory. That was a close one, which I think went to an extra round off the top of my head. And of those losses, four of those losses have come inside the distance. So picking at that record, I think you've got to say that Rico is the favourite. I think he's switched on. He's he's not one of those, with the exception of the loss to Andre Hirosimchuk, but like you said, he, he had uh, a daughter on the way and at that time. With the exception of that, he does keep his head screwed on. Sensible sort of, sort of lad and uh, his training team aren't the sort to... L- let things rest. I think they'd soon let him know if uh, if things were going wrong. Dennis Crowell is a very good trainer, but I, I think saying that, I think last time out he had a, did a bit of training at the Coliseum, where Peter Arts and the Wilderness Brothers, of course, train. Rico credits Tyson Fury with bringing his boxing along. I remember reading a story about how uh, Tyson Fury was jabbing his sparring partner's head off, and then um, after a couple of rounds he switched stance and went southpaw and they could not believe what was going on. And I think a few of the sparring partners actually left. Rico was one of the ones which kept stayed around. And it's a good job he did. He, like I said, he credits Tyson with bringing, bringing his boxing on a lot, especially his jab. Tyson, though, it's got to be said, is facing a UK anti-doping hearing, which I hear is going down in September. He's got some questions to answer as it pertains to a potential Nandrolone test result. So that's going to be worth watching, keeping an eye on that one. But make a prediction, of course, I've got to do that. And it's got to, got to be Rico. Like I said, it's something of a banana skin, but I think Rico's going to get it done. And also, when it comes to Braddock, you've got to take into consideration what sort of shape he's going to be in. He fluctuates. Sometimes he doesn't look too good at all. At all. Sometimes he looks pretty good. Uh, I think he's currently training at Pedro Hizo's Academy, but another thing with Braddock is that he does flick around a lot. Um, I, he did a spell at Black House. He had some time with Rafael Cordero, but left because he wasn't getting enough one-on-one time. But it's also worth noting that none other than his namesake, Anderson, the Spider Silver, once declared Braddock as the finest striker in Brazil. So, didn't really make them completely, but I'm going <laughs> to. I think Rico's going to get it done. Um, Something of a decision machine has got to be said. He's on a 10-fight winning streak since picking up the loss to Semi Shield at Glory 4. He's been off for six months. I think this is his longest, one of his longest breaks f- for Glory, but I, I think that's going to be good for him rather than a hindrance. I'm, I say Rico via fourth round TKO. There you go, that's my prediction for that one. And then hopefully we're going to move on, no problems aside, for Glory Collision. 10th of December in Germany at the Koenig Pilsner Arena. I think that's easily going to be probably the biggest show that Glory have put on. Maybe with the exception of Glory 4, which, which of course, though, that was a disaster. Hopefully, Collision won't be as badly received as Glory 4. So that's the Glory event I had a look at. I think I've picked up everything that I wanted to off there, which means I've got a little bit of time to throw in. I was going to do a quiz. There we go. I'm going to call it the Furious Five. Five questions for you. Please, if you've got the time, have a stab at it. Question number one. This is going to be encompassing most of the combat sports. I've got an MMA question, a boxing question, another MMA question, kickboxing, yeah, a couple of kickboxing questions also. Anyway, the question number one. The Brazilian top team, the fabled Brazilian camp, which of course spawned Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira, Rogério Nogueira, Ricardo, you didn't need me to go on. It was a re- the Brazilian top team was not the, the name of choice. What was the original name going to be for Brazilian top team? Question number two. Former undisputed world heavyweight champion, Riddick Bowe. Of course, boxing we're talking about now. Uh, Riddick Bowe, in his prime, 
was sponsored at two separate times, not at the same time, but at two separate times, was sponsored by two major sportswear firms. Who were they? And while on the subject of Riddick Berth, I'll quickly say, um, if you haven't ever checked out the fights between Riddick Bow and Elijah Tillery, and also the fights between Riddick Bow and the two fights, that is, with Andrew Galotta, do so. Nothing to do with the actual quality of the fights. They are some of the absolute wildest fights you will ever see. And also on that tip, uh, HBO produced a rather marvellous edition of their HBO Legendary Night series covering the two fights between Riddick Bow and Andrew Galata, and they really are worth a watch. I recommend them. But anyway, just repeating that question, Riddick Bow was sponsored at two separate times by two major sportswear firms. Who were they? Uh, question number three. The Pride 2004 Heavyweight Grand Prix was scheduled to have one Japanese fighter who did not take part in the tournament. Who was it? Who fell out of bed at that tournament? Who tell, Can you tell us who it was? Question number four. The inaugural UFC tournament, UFC 1, back in ni- the tail end of 1993, was scheduled to have two kickboxers in it. One was from North America, one was from Europe. It didn't happen, neither of them took part in the tournament, but who were they? And finally, question number five. Back in 2008 at Dream 1, Mirko Krokop fought Tatsuya Mizuno and got a rapid quick victory there. However, Mr. Mizuno was not his original schedule, was not Mirko's originally scheduled opponent. Who was originally supposed to be in the opposite corner at Dream 1 when Mirko Krokop fought in the main event? Anyway, that's your five questions. Please, if you've got the time, have a stab. Let us know on the forum. or However, with YouTube or SoundCloud comments, I'm not sure if you can comment on iTunes. I've never I've never used it. I'm not quite sure. But however you can do so and get in touch, please do so. I think that's everything covered for today's Fightcast. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you've enjoyed it and you want to sign up to the Fight Forum, please do so. Like I said, it's at kakutogi.proboards.com. Uh, it's absolutely free and it'll take less than five minutes of your time big shout out to some of the guys on the board right now k1 power carrier fam kbev kb fan i'll get it right uh boss man h who else have we got on there dave walsh is on there anyway a whole veritable amount of people come on swing by and say hello please do and just to remind you that you can locate us you can subscribe to us via the rss feed you can find us on soundcloud you can catch us on YouTube, and like I said, we're also on iTunes. Anyway, that's enough from me. I just want to say a big thank you to Patrick for his technical sorcery and wizardry with the graphics and those sort of things. Without his help, none of this would be possible. And I think that's all from me. Until next time, roll, keep on rolling with life's punches. Keep your gloves up and your chin down. And oos.